All right, nerds everywhere, fellow bandwagoners, everybody living in their mother's basement, welcome back to the favorite podcast of one CM Punk. It is Bandwagon Nerds here on episode 199. <laughs> Tony's already looking at it. This will not be the CM Punk appreciation show, um, that's for sure. But it is episode 199. We are one away from episode 200. I know you guys were expecting Patrick O'Dowd, but Patrick has literally worked 80 hours in the last day, and there's only 24 hours in a day. So you can do them. Yeah, I know. I know. You can do the math and realize like why. Sounds like the flash situation. It is. That's right. Where you have more hours than there are hours in a day. Anyway, Patrick has just been working his bones, but he's, he's just working into the ground. He needs some rest. So we all volunteered to come in here. And as you guys will hear on this show, there's not a lot going on in the nerdosphere this week. So it's a holiday weekend, Dave. It's, it so it's a, it's happy, a Labor Day. Happy Labor Day weekend to everybody out there. Hope you guys are having a barbecue, doing your thing, staying cool, avoiding hurricanes, avoiding earthquakes, whatever the hell's I going can, on. I can see the 80s graphics and then the 80s kind of music for like a, a one-off show. And it's like the bandwagon nerds 199th labor day spectacular and then they get the little fake fireworks starring dave ungar yeah fake hatch. that's and all pc tony that's all we got in the budget Nord is found, fake fake Nord fireworks found, go down no patrick patrick's like you know i'll show up when it matters i'll show up when it counts so you know he's he's trying to he's trying to really turn himself into the roman reigns of he this is, he's trying to turn the part-timer that he is yeah exactly is, so, he, brock, is he brock lesnar <laughs> he just shows up when he pay him the big bucks. You've already heard the live studio audience. PC Tunney is here today. Tunney, happy Labor Day weekend, man. I know you got plans. Thank you for coming on the show uh, and being the only other one, only one other than myself who's watched Ahsoka. Thank you. But the I appreciate I know. The shade. It, 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 that shade is it's just, and it's tame too. So Tunney's here. You've already heard the Reverend Ray Cash returning this week. Still hasn't seen Flash Gordon or Ahsoka. Uh, Don't put that bad juju on me, Ricky Bobby. I've seen Flash Gordon 47 times, bro. I'll try to tell you. All right. Wait. Uh, you sure it's Flash Gordon and not Flesh Gordon? I'm just, I know how you are, Ray, so... Ray's like, God damn, there's nothing in this movie except sex. What's going on? Okay. What I, what I watch after midnight is between me and my television. Ray okay? Cash after dark. That's right. So The total pack. <laughs> Ray Cash, the Barry White of bandwagon nerds right here, folks. So, uh, well, this is going to be an interesting episode because like we said, there's not, it was a really odd kind of quiet week. I know Patrick was working a lot, didn't share a lot of articles, but honestly, I didn't find a lot. Ray didn't find a lot. Tony didn't find a lot for the first time. And I can't remember when we don't even have a trailer park this week, kids. That's, <gasps> I know here on episode 199, we probably haven't had a trailer park less episode since 129. <laughs> so, I mean, it's been a spell. That's for sure. Uh, we will talk some news. I mean, again, not a whole lot going on, but Ray did have an interesting idea that we're going to kind of touch in at the end of this thing. And Ray got that from TikTok. TikTok. I, I love Ray Cash. He he does this thing because Ray's got insomnia and I my dogs force insomnia on me. So like two and three in the morning, Ray's sending me stuff. I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, that is an interesting concept. So to be fair, Dave, it may be two or three morning here, but it's 12 o'clock your time. That's true. 
That's true. So that is if, it, if I was sending it to you at two or three in the morning, your time, something's wrong with me. Well, there is something wrong with you. We already know that. Well, but, we know that. Yeah, yeah. That's but, accepted. But we'll we'll talk about Ray's idea. We'll also talk a little. I didn't add it to the rundown, but just kind of what we're watching. Because I did watch some fun stuff. I've been watching a few interesting things that I want to recommend to you guys. But we're going to start this off with some Star Wars music. And we are going to get into Ahsoka Episode 3. It'll just be PC Tunny and I talking because Ray is, you know... He's being Ray. No, you don't have you don't have to keep saying. Oh, I'm sorry, Ray. <laughs> Tough crap. My crowd. God. All right, let's get some Star Wars theme music going and get into the discussion. All right, so here we go. Uh, Ahsoka, episode three. Tony, I will turn it over to you for your general feelings about this episode. I, I wrote, I texted Patrick, or I messaged him earlier the week. I said, well, the Jedi are less whiny this week than they were last week, so that should make you feel a little bit better. And I think that's a fair statement. The Jedi were less whiny and did some badassery in this episode. Um, Tony, what are your thoughts? Your general thoughts about this episode and the direction where we're going and a lot of it kind of confirmed what we said last week about where we think things are heading. I enjoyed it. It was interesting. I think the first thing I did when I sat down and turned it on is I pushed the down button on my PlayStation controller once it got going to see exactly how long it was because I didn't look right away. Um, and I saw 36 point, you know, 36 minutes, some seconds. I'm like, oh, interesting. Um, I, I actually really did like the episode from them kind of creeping up on and... Um, finding what is it the intergalactic like uh hyper ring that big ring. <laughs> yeah like they can travel at speeds of they've never traveled or only heard about in jedi lore before or you know transport that quickly i thought that was an interesting thing um especially you got ahsoka out on the freaking ship doing like cartwheels and fighting off fucking actual starships with her you know <laughs> lightsabers was was kind of fun the relationship that's continuing to be built between Sabine and Ahsoka, not just them two, but the relationship with Sabine and, and the Force, I think that's going to be something that unfolds here as we go along and how, how well can she kind of grasp the concept and, and kind of let herself be able to feel the Force and use it to her advantage. Um, we've seen Ahsoka kind of giving her some examples of, you know, kind of, hey, you start small and be confident. So we'll see. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the battle scenes. Um, it was just a really good compact episode and, you know, you get to the end and you, you, you know where we're going. We get, what did, what did he say at the end? Exactly. It was, um, who's that? Who's ba Bala? Who's Balin? Yeah. He says something right at the end of the episode. I'll look it up while we're here, but, uh, you know, you, it's pretty clear where we're trying to go and who we're trying to find. Yeah. Time to fly was the name of the episode. And, um, like you're saying, there's there's a few different elements to compartmentalize. Sabine continuing to train. And, you know, I think the first two episodes we said that there was some kind of like throwbacks of the Force Awakens with the map of the galaxy that got filled in. 
Um, this had an absolutely unapologetic throwback to A New Hope and Sabine training with the blaster shield down. And you can quickly, and I thought it was kind of cool that they did that because you can quickly tell that this is not Luke Skywalker training. Um, this gal has no connection to the force. She's trying to force, see what I did there, force the connection to the force. And it's not exactly working yet. But Ahsoka's adamantly telling her, look, the force lives within everybody, every living being. It's a question of how well and how you can learn to tap into that. So Sabine, of course, trying to move the cup with her mind, not happening. Um, meanwhile, you know, Ahsoka kind of getting on Hu Yang. Did you really tell her that she's this pathetic loser of a of a force wielding entity? And he's like, yes, I did, because it's the truth. And Ahsoka's like, wow, OK, there's something to be said for that. But yeah, I think like you're saying, I think the big thing I took away, you got the big space battle, which uh, what is Shin? Is that is that Balin's apprentice's name? And she's just leading the attack on 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 this crippled ship. Um, can't put it away. They're able to somehow get it back online and in, in time to escape into the forest and presumably regroup. But the big thing, of course, like you're mentioning, Tony, the big hyper ring. And, you know, you've got this giant ring, Halo-esque sort of ring with multiple hyperdrive engines attached to it. Not yet operational, but getting very close. Ahsoka even questioning, could that thing get to another galaxy? And they're like, yes, it could. And so the intergalactic nature of things that we talked about last week, and I'm getting more and more and more convinced that this is where Ahsoka was. This is where, I don't know if Mando's going to show up. This is where a lot of our heroes are in this alternate universe, whether they're trapped there, whether this is happening parallel to what the events of of the sequel trilogy, I don't know. But I feel like more and more, they are definitely going to this other galaxy where Thrawn is, where Ezra presumably is. Um, The big thing in this episode, other than that, Tony, Purgle. We got to see Purgle up close, and that was a beautiful thing. The live actions, the force wheels is what I'm talking about. So you got to see them. And Sabine was like, wow, I haven't seen these in so long. And of course, you haven't seen them since Ezra and and Thrawn vanished with them. um, And they were able to transport them across. It it, it raises the idea that these Purgle have these really amazing abilities to transport themselves within the force to different locations from far distance. Go ahead, Tony. And that's. That's the lore, Jedi lore I was talking about, and that was the travel that they had known, and that's what this ring is supposed to be able to do, is travel these such these amazing distances, but in a way that it doesn't take you your entire lifetime or a number of lifetimes to do it. That's really, you know, the long term of where we're going. How how far advanced is Thrawn with this technology? Because it could absolutely be lethal to everybody else around him and give him all the power, really. But then again... The short-term thing, and, and where I was trying to remember, was you had at the end of the episode, you had Balin Skull saying, hunt them down. Mm-hmm. In, in, short-term, we're going to get a battle between Skull and Ahsoka coming up, I believe, and I think it's going to be one of the more epic ones we've seen in a while. Yeah, They keep showing any, any trailer to that is Balin telling her, everybody knew Anakin Skywalker, very few lived to see what he became. So it tells you that Balin had some familiarity with Anakin and with Vader. Um, So probably saw up close and personal what a tyrannical piece of shit Darth Vader was. Um, And, you know, we've seen the previews of the fight between Balin and Ahsoka. So, you know, that's coming. The question is where? What episode? Next week's the halfway point of the series. 
Um, so you figure something big is probably going to happen there and we'll do that. Episode 200, we'll cover that. Uh, Balin's going to have to get involved. Shin is still searching for Ahsoka. You got to figure that showdown's happening as well. Sabine, I'm sure is itching for a rematch at some point. She's going to get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more able to wield the force I'm anticipating, but you know, yeah, the question is at what point do we make this jump? At what point do we get Thrawn involved, honey? Cause I don't know if you want to wait to like episode six to get Thrawn involved and then try and ram all that stuff in two episodes. Do we need to get to him sooner rather than later? But isn't that, couldn't that just be the last thing we actually get to and that's season two? I hope they don't do that. I hope we get more of Thrawn than that. We got And we got to get Ezra because we know Ezra's cast in this. So when does he show up? I, I feel like I get what you're saying. It would be cool to end the series on that. But man, it just feels like we got to get these, we got to get more out of this, you know, to set the stage as to what's going on. Because, um, you know, we're going to talk about well, it in a little bit. Disney's coming under fire on multiple directions for a lot of the stuff going on. They kind of need something positive to happen with this show and get some positive uh, PR, get some good momentum behind. No, I agree. But I think that would be thinking long term. I think this show is going to have a few seasons. So I don't see the Russian actually really getting to that. Like, I think that could be the big reveal, either the the last or the second to last episode. Like you said, I th- we're only going to be at the halfway point after next week. That's why I think a majority of next week's episode is going to be less moving forward faster and trying to find Thrawn and more about Balin trying to find Ahsoka where they are right now, hiding in the, you know, hunt them down. That's gotta be what we're, we're doing in the, in the short term, you know, next week. I imagine, you know, since this show seems to like to, um, harken back to previous things, you know, I'm sure Balin is going to try and turn Ahsoka to his side of the, uh, of the force, his way of thinking by kind of appealing to her memories of Anakin. Um, and Hey, if you're, master could fall then why but see again balan's not exactly a sith we don't really know the witches of dathomir and all that sort of stuff and where they come from and what's going on with that but you know i i did like in this one like you're saying the the space fight with ahsoka standing on the wing of the uh of the spaceship fighting off other starships you know with her lightsaber um and and they even had they even had they had more throwbacks to new hope ahsoka in the gunners thing straight up stolen from they're even using kind of the same technology that luke used in 1977 like the the grid on the screen the targeting grid it's like wow that's a real big throwback to what they did all those years ago so i i do dig i like the fact that they do these throwbacks and these homages to star wars and and things that have worked in the past and i think you know you could see more of that moving forward i want to challenge lego i want to challenge the lego company that when you put Ahsoka's ship out, because you're going to have to have a Lego version of that ship. They got a Lego version of every other Starfleet freaking ship from Star Wars. I needed the wings to rotate, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that pretty bad ship. I like that ship for being a smaller ship. It's pretty nice. It was a unique ship. I, I think the other thing, like you're saying, the, I think the concept of um, these huge distances that exist between systems and, and just the massivity, if that's a word of these galaxies that we're dealing with. Cause like in this episode, they're in hyperspace for an awfully long time as they're traveling. And then it's so long that, you know, Ahsoka can train Sabine and they can talk about certain things and the whole time they're in hyperdrive. So you're thinking wherever they're going is very far away to begin with. And ahead, well, honey. think about, when, think about when they were on the uh, cavernous rocks and on the mountain and they, she brought, oh, I think it was, um, what's her name? Elsbeth, I think, or what is, what uh, Morgan, is her name? Morgan. Morgan. 
Morgan. She she had them. She's like, here, this is our this is where we are. And it was this real cool thing that expanded like right in front of her, kind of like the size of a pumpkin. And then she's like, this is everything. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. So I, I thought I agree with you. I thought I, I really liked this episode. I like the focus on the Jedi and the development of the uh, furtherance of the relationship between Ahsoka and Sabine. I like the fact that, yeah, they weren't like, you know, Patrick's complaint that the Jedi are just whiny, kind of petulant children. It sounds like the AEW roster. Anyway, um, I'm going to get away from that, though. But it's, uh, you know, I, I do like the fact that, you know, you get the development of the relationship. You get to see the the Jedi as being a little bit more serious and kind of not so angsty. Sabine in particular, trying to riddle it through how do i get in contact with the force how do i attach to this thing how do i prove who yang wrong and um a big thing too about their relationship between sabine and ahsoka is ahsoka actually took two seconds thought about it and was like all right you know what maybe for this i need to do it i need to be the one helping her do it her way because that could be the way we're successful here right so you could actually argue that ahsoka maybe learn more about being a jedi master to a padawan um, then Sabine, even though she learned a lot in the episode, maybe Ahsoka learned more of this episode. This is the way. I mean, that, that you know, to steal from another Star Wars series, this is the way. So we'll see what happens. I, you know, Balin obviously is at some point going to have to, after his, uh, he's going to send his minions, his scouts out there. They will obviously get their ass kicked and he will have to take matters into his own hand and hunt down Ahsoka on his own. So we will see what happens, man. We'll see when they light the engines on this hyperdrive ring. Um, it's um, it's a fun series so far. I think this this episode this week took it a, a step in the right direction. You know, now you kind of see some of the moving parts that are going on. Morgan, you know, she's it's still kind of hard to figure out what exactly is going on with this girl, but um, she's definitely got some of her own powers to deal with, and we will see what happens in episode four. So, Tony, you got any final thoughts on on Ahsoka? Not a whole lot more we can break down on this episode. I, you know, I made the comment after we reviewed uh, the first two episodes that, you know, Rosario Dawson wasn't really growing on me. And as a soak, I think this episode helped that a little bit, starting to lose that, you know, pre-course of not seeing her as a soka. So I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm looking forward to next week's episode in particular. I think it's going to be a really solid episode. Yeah, I agree. I think next week's going to be a big one. The halfway point of the series just in time for episode 200, we'll get Patrick O'Dowd's thoughts on the series so far. Um, so that'll be cool to kind of see where Pat's at right now. I have not, he did not comment on my comment about the Jedi being less whiny and angsty this week because, again, he's working 80 hour days. But anyway, I think Tony is a good place to take our first break. Um, and, you know, I do want you to let everybody know about the chairshot.com and prowrestlingtees.com and where they can get their hands on some of that sweet chair shot merch here this Labor Day weekend. There's got to be a coupon code, right? Yeah, lucky enough, if you uh, couldn't wait uh, before you went back to work Tuesday morning and you're listening Monday, you can still head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Use the promo code Labor Day, I believe, to get 20% off. So we got everything you need right there, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and continue to listen to everything right here at Chair Shot Radio Network. Sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. We'll be right back. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. 
TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, welcome back, Bandwagon Nerds, episode 199. Man, 199. It's like 99 left balloons, but 100 times better. Something like that. Maybe? Sounds like sounded like Steiner yeah, Mash to me. It did. I got half the brain that Ray does. We already know that. We're going to welcome back into Ray's raising his eyebrow like he's the rock or something. He's not sure about that statement. But uh, Ray, welcome back. And uh, now that we've ruined Ahsoka for you. Since you know, one day you'll watch it. I wasn't it. listening. All right, I, I wasn't listening, and all I need to know is was Zegar Dawson fine, so I'm in. <laughs> Even with those tendrils on her head or whatever those things are, so more things to hold, baby. That's true. You know, if Ray's looking for things to grab a hold of, that you got stuff. Um, as I mentioned at the outset of this episode, no trailer park this week for the first time in a very, very, very long time. You want to know the impact of the writers' strike, kids? No trailer park. <laughs> Actor strike, no trailer park. Uh, that should be an indication of things. But we're going to spend the first half of uh, talking about some news around the nerdosphere. And, um, you know, as you guys know, my household is big supporters of Disney. My wife's an annual pass holder for Disneyland. My son, the that his favorite place in the world is Disneyland. That does not change the fact that the House of Mouse is kind of floundering a little bit here. And let's talk about some news stories interesting stuff they're kind of like channeling their inner wb right ray i I would say that that might be a situation here as they have scuttled releasing the spiderwick chronicles even though it's completed to save money where have we heard this before sounds so familiar with a property Mm -hmm. that ray really was looking forward to seeing released that got just dumped so yeah fern gully the live action remake I can't wait for that one, man. Uh, you know what? The Spider-Man Chronicles not that far from that, Ray, um, but not going to happen. So, I, Ray, you've been quiet so far as you listen to Tunny and I uh, wax eloquent about Ahsoka and how much we enjoyed the last episode. And You're, a fine ass. That's okay. That's right. Member of the team, right, Tunny? Uh, anyway, we <laughs> just smiling. So your thoughts on this, Ray, Disney and I think I actually, before you get to that, let's combine that thought with the other thing I want to talk about. Disney stocks this year hit a nine year low, nine year low. And so much of this is being blamed on Disney plus and just kind of how they mismanaged the shit out of that thing. So Ray, I'll turn it over to you. Disney having lots of financial problems. Bob Iger was not the massive solution that I think Disney was hoping he was. Um, and now you've got a series that was completed being just cut in order to save costs. Your thoughts, how how much should we be concerned about Disney right now? Well, there, there definitely should be some concern because uh, I can't remember a time in recent memory where they've took so many hits, you know, in terms of they're having to scrap a series to get the tax money back. Their stock is low. They're on the verge of talking about selling ESPN and ABC. Like, they really seem hard up for money, when but they bought the whole world like five, six, seven, ten years ago. So it, it's it's weird, and it is way, way too much like WBD for me to feel comfortable about. But clearly, I don't make enough money in my life, because I don't understand how you can spend all that money to put out a series, and the, the, the tax money you get back from scrapping it is more than enough to get you over instead of putting it out and getting the money you'd get from putting it out. You you mentioned that people think a lot of this stems from Disney+, and... The streaming wars was probably the worst thing that ever happened to 
a lot of content for the simple fact that it was unsustainable. Like, yes, cutting the cord was a very real thing when it was only like two places to cut your cord. But now it's one thing when if I if I if I have I don't want 200 channels, 200 cable channels. I just want 60. Yeah, that makes sense. Hulu, live TV, Sling TV, YouTube TV. Yeah, that makes all sense in the world to me. But now if I want to watch Ahsoka or Loki season two, I got to pay $17.99 to get uh, Disney Plus. If I want to get, uh, I watch UFC, if I want to watch the U- UFC pay-per-views, I got to get an ESPN Plus account. If I want to watch this is this or that on Hulu or want to watch this, this or that. I'm watching Winning Time right now with the Lakers show on Max. I got to get Max. And so it's like you're you've killed the idea of what streaming was supposed to be. And now made it to the point where, like, if you want to watch anything that matters to you, you have to pay. And that didn't used to be the case for television. So we're in such such a weird situation right now. And to Disney's standpoint, what makes a streaming service valuable? Content. So how hard up for you are you for money that the one thing that will give you more clout for your for your property, you gotta scrap it to get the cash back. That is not a good look, bro. And you've mentioned um, on a few of the shows in, in this past year about the numerous issues that the Disney parks have been having, and then you know they went head to head with DeSantis and the Florida government. They they are not looking good right now, bro. Like Mickey is pissed. Double down on that. You look at all the money that Disney lost from the parks being shut down as long as they were billions that they yeah. lost from the parks being shut down. You compound that with all the losses they've got from Disney Plus. And yeah, it, 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 Disney, like you said, Ray, bought the world years ago. But at some point, all that money is going to dry up because all they're doing is losing, 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 losing. And I think at some point, you know, I own Disney stock as a shareholder. Am I concerned? Absolutely. Because it's like, where the fuck is this money going? Now you guys are, are wiping out series that are already done. And and then on top of that, let's let's talk about, you know, the, ne- the next news item before I turn it over to Tony, because this is all interrelated. Now you got mm-hmm. the Disney VFX workers joining the Marvel cinematic workers, unprecedented unionizing. It's only happened twice in history. And the first time was just three weeks ago. And now the second time is here now. And this is a Disney VFX workers. So it's this like this perfect storm of just negativity coming. You got writers on strike. You got actors on strike. Nothing's happening. Everything's being delayed. Ray, you talked about, and I didn't even put this in the rundown, but you shared it with us, the MCU and how the delay the schedule is now just being in a state of flux. Everything's getting well, totally shifted. Different. Totally yeah, different from totally where different. it was. And, you know, you've got, yeah, you've got Marvel's coming out. You've got Loki season Loki two coming season out. Echo beginning of the next year. Yeah. We hope, you know, unless they decide to move well, that because but hey, Echo is supposedly done. Echo is supposedly done. Um, so. No, you know, Daredevil, the thing everybody was looking for. No one knows when the hell that's happening. So I want heart. They were already recording Ironheart. We've seen right. multiple clips of them recording that now is not even on the docket anymore. Right. Exactly. Tony, I want to turn it over to you. I mean, we're talking about, and, and you know, like before I turn it over to you, though, Ray, it's interesting. Disney having all these pl- problems. Look at Netflix is the exact opposite. Making money hand over fist. They got rid of the password sharing. Their subscriptions have tripled and they're making, can, they're doing well. Can I speak on that real fast before we give it to Tony? It's up to Tony, but he doesn't care. Hey, where about Tony? Yeah, we don't care. Um, rumors of Netflix demise were greatly exaggerated. And mm. who's the one member of this show? Who said that was going to be the case? It was PC Tony. 
Or it was Ray. It was it was Patrick O'Dowd, wasn't it? No. No, all y'all was like Netflix is, in pro- is having problems. They Netflix were. is in trouble. They were and for a while. I told y'all that Netflix, the reason Netflix is always going to work, it's always going to work. It's because they're not beholden to a studio. That's Disney's true. beholden to Disney stuff, right? Amazon, with all respect to them, is not a streaming service of, of, of note because they're connected to Amazon Prime. People don't subscribe to Amazon Video. They just got a problem. They have video. Uh, free shipping, and I get Wheel of Time on top of that. Okay, and the boys, right? But all the uh, but all of the other streaming services are connected to having a studio. Netflix can do whatever they want. Well, it's their own stuff, or we just we talked about it about three weeks ago, whatever it was. How HBO sold the rights to Ballers, Insecure, all these other shows. No, they like the top shows on Netflix right now. Netflix has got to be killing. Netflix got to be sitting around saying, "God damn, we should have got rid of these password sharing years ago." Look at all the money we lost. Um, that too. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it's a really unique situation at Netflix. Very fluid and and kind of surprising. Like, wow, it's like that. I did not see it swinging that much, but it goes to show what what you don't know, you don't know. Tony, I'll they turn are, it over. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One thing. One thing. I'm sorry. They also more than any other. And I'm sorry. Seriously, more than any of the other other of other platforms, you go Netflix every Monday or whatever day they reset, they got like twenty five new pro- projects. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's just American every week. Some of it's bad. Like like I'm a big fan, Tony. You know, I, I love that show, Full Swing, the golf show. I didn't realize, mm-hmm. man, they got a tennis version. F one I knew about. They're in five seasons of that. They got a quarterback version that the nfl they even got a tour de france thing like if you want to know about the sport and get behind the scenes on something that you didn't know shit about netflix has got you covered and those I'm are told. all really good shows everything i've seen has been very good now then mr tunny and another I'm yeah sorry. and one more thing Ooh, yeah <laughs> uh no uh so i want to turn it over to you tunny we're talking about one of the biggest companies in the world uh, one of the most successful companies in the world. One of the oldest, longest-running companies in the world. A company with seven theme parks around the world. Um, multiple properties going back to the 30s. The most recognizable character that's out there, probably, Mickey Mouse. And these guys just seem to be struggling really badly lately. Are you concerned about Disney at all? Or is this just, oh, this too shall pass? Or should there be a little bit more concern about what's happening over there? They feel like they're too big to fail, don't they? They do. But Are they? They got, they got a lot going on that's not really helping them out right now. Um, the the state of Florida is one of their problems right now. Um, coming out of a pandemic, like you mentioned, is another one of their problems. Uh, mismanagement of their streaming service is another one of their problems. And it's evident that they had a poor plan coming out of the pandemic, and it's fairly evident that they've done nothing to fix their poor plan but make more poor decisions so you kind of feel like a company this iconic in all the ways you just mentioned you know character wise and content especially and throw in star wars and marvel on top of that and the simpsons like you're like all right they should be fine well they're not uh, i don't know i'm not a genius in this aspect of business or probably any other aspect of business but i can tell you that if they don't figure out a way to to fix the problem, you know, short-term streamlining sounds like it's going to be necessary. So we'll see. Um, and as far as talk about content on Netflix, Ray, you're absolutely right there. The other thing too is it's 
not a problem to come up with reality shows now. That's just not, it's like the only thing we got. You're getting 90 minute episodes of freaking uh, Survivor and Amazing Race because that's one way to fill a night by just adding another 30 minutes to each one of those shows. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to see a lot of reality. That's what's going to be the new thing or game show or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to, uh, on top of all this stuff we're talking about with Disney and, and how Netflix is doing it differently than Disney Plus, do you guys, I'll turn it over to you first, honey. Do you think that Disney Plus might be on borrowed time? Is this something that could actually completely fail to the point that Disney says, cut our losses, get rid of it, we'll go back to throwing stuff out on the vault? Um, you know, I don't know what happens to all the Marvel stuff, but is 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 this something that the, could conceivably the lucky Yeah, who's the lucky recipient of being able to stream this content though? Right. I mean, does it get sold to each I mean, do you get a such a year license? You know, Peacock buys Star Wars and Hulu buys freaking um Marvel or or Max buys Mar or whatever, you know. Could you imagine if Max had Mar DC had Marvel? <laughs> That'd be fun. I yeah, I, I mean it seems like a ludicrous suggestion that Disney plus could fail when you've got all that content, you got all the rights and you got all these things you can do. But if they keep losing money, like they are at some point, you know, if they'll, if they'll cancel something that's completed to make, get a tax break, what's to do stop them from saying, let's get rid of it. Do they have a commercial. Do they have a, they don't have a commercial tier, right? No, it's all this one price, right? Ray? No, they, so they have two prices. Yes, I think. Do they? And then they have the bundle price. Is and now is ESPN Plus still part of the bundle? They never advertise. Yes. Okay, they it's never advertised. But well, because it, because they they if you if you've been paying attention to it like over the past couple of years, they've been quietly putting ESPN stuff on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. quietly putting Hulu stuff on Disney Plus to either one integrate them all into one app, or two get some of the buzz off of the stuff that's on ESPN Plus and Hulu on Disney Plus to get more more stuff on Disney Plus. But let's 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 look at this completely analytically and logically here. Are they gonna get rid of a platform that has, according to Statista in quarter three, in the third quarter of 2023, 146.7 million subscribers? Probably not. I, I it doesn't make any sense to do that, right? I mean, why would you? <laughs> Just I mean maybe maybe their pricing's off. Um they gotta figure out maybe there's there's a password sharing issue there as well. I don't know. Here's the problem, and I said this from the very beginning of when they first came out. The, pr- the problem with, with, with Disney Plus is simply this. They overestimated their IP. They thought that people would buy it and be comfortable and cool with the fact that I get to watch all this old shit all the time. That ran out six, after six months. The reason Netflix works, the reason Max works, the reason why all these other things work is because they have consistent new shit filtering in and out. Netflix is the best because they can well, take old uh, shit, get rid of it, and get new shit and come in. And to some people, the perfect example, real quick, perfect example. One of my mom's favorite shows is a show called Call the Midwife. It's on the BBC, right? They've watched the whole season already. To her, it just dropped on Netflix last uh, a couple days ago. To her, it's a brand new season, but it's already been on TV for week for months. Well, that's the beauty of Netflix. That's that's where Disney Plus loses to almost all of the other ones. Is they're yeah. they're more niche. They they don't subscribe to a broader audience. There's so many more genres for so many different ages inside of those genres that other subscriptions have that Disney Plus doesn't. It's basically you get new stuff if you're a Marvel fan, if you're a Disney fan, if you're a Star Wars fan. If you're not one of those fans, you're not going to be getting Disney Plus for the new stuff. 
And that's a big part where they have that advantage like Ray's talking about. Yep. And I think like Ray made the, I know Ray, you made the analogy kind of to how streaming has turned into sort of like where we were with network television when, you know, in the advent, when it was ABC, NBC, and CBS, but you never had to pay for it. It was all free TV. And now you've got this to, I think people are turned off this feel. I thought I was getting away from cable. This feels exactly like cable, except instead of just paying one thing, now I got to keep track of five different subscriptions to get the content that I really want. It's so much a thing that, what is it, like Rocket or something has a commercial about, you know, personal finance on your phone. And one of them, the biggest touting things is, look here, you can manage your your uh, your streaming subscriptions. You didn't even know you still had that that's one. Right. You can cancel it here, right? Like, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. And people are, people are starting to wake up and get annoyed with the fact that why do I have to pay for every fucking thing? Why can't I just pay... You almost wonder, is this going to be the way that cable comes back? Something like DirecTV is like, look, get all your shit in one place. You don't need to go and do all this stuff. But well, look at, but look they at won't the be able to do that because the content won't be available. Great. Do you have cable or direct or satellite? Do you have one or the other? I have cable. Okay, Dave, cable or satellite? I got DirecTV. I have DirecTV also. So we all have either a satellite provider or, or a cable provider. On top of it, we all have Netflix, Max, Hulu, Disney Plus, Prime, there's others, Paramount Plus, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Netflix, whatever, I'm missing some of them, but we YouTube, all have all. YouTube TV, you want direct TV, you want NFL Everything. Sunday Ticket this year? Yep. <laughs> yeah, on what? YouTube now, yeah. That's right. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, and direct TV is not cheap, as Tony and I will attest. So, um, you know. No. Well, direct TV is cheaper than cable. Depends on what you're doing with it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, I got, it's much cheaper than cable. I got, well, yeah, it depends on... <laughs> Now, when you throw the HBO subscription on top of it and your Wi-Fi and everything else. Well, we got all that shit with cable. That's my point. (laughs) It's pretty close. So, yeah, to cut, to make a long story short, Disney having some definite issues uh, that I guess a year ago, we probably didn't foresee some of these things happening. But the world is a changing place. It's It's a dynamic landscape. Streaming, like you said, Ray, streaming wars. I mean, I think, you know, no one's used that term yet. But it's really kind of the situation where you've got competing interests amongst all these things and people have limited disposable income. And, you know, you're going to if it comes down to, well, what do I really want? You know, content is king and Disney Plus seemingly has the content, but perhaps they like you said, they overestimated the reach of that content. So that's why it was wild to me. People were like advocating for Marvel to slow down. That's the one thing that I care about watching on Disney Plus. Uh, other than Star Wars stuff or Marvel stuff or something maybe the kids want to watch, I don't pay no attention to nothing that happens on Disney Plus. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I, I've seen all these animated things from 40 years ago. So what do I care about that for? Anyway, uh, let's let's move on to uh, some other news items. It's not all bad news here at Disney. Um, Kind of like the rumor that was going around this week that I thought was very interesting is is that there's a rumor going around that Nicolas Cage, who is everywhere again, all of a sudden, might be reprising his role as Ghost Rider in Deadpool 3. Because everybody else apparently is going to be in Deadpool 3. Hugh Jackman, God knows who else. You know, we got Hugh Jackman. Who who else has been rumored to show up in Deadpool 3 as reprising their role, Tony? I've heard so many different things. Um, but we do have the rumor now that Nick Cage might be coming back as Ghost Rider. Are you excited, Tony, about the prospect of Nicolas Cage, flaming face and skull and all, being Johnny Blaze one? 
there's speculation. Patrick Stewart, Holly Berry, Fomka Johnson, James Marsden, and Brian Cox have all been speculated to come back in their roles. Professor Charles, Xavier Storm, Jean Grey, Cyclops, William Stryker. So there's your speculation wheel. Uh, sure, Nick Cage, Ghost Rider. Why not? Um, I, I, he's very believable as that character, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Rider's not necessarily all there, you know what I'm saying? And neither is Nick Cage. So I think that one works out for me. Why not? This is it. We're not getting another Deadpool. You know what I'm saying? Um, we're moving on in, in a lot of other ways, I think, with the mutants, too, in the Marvel Universe. I think you're going to see a different reintroduction. So why not bring out all the old tricks one last time? Yeah, exactly. Ray, are you excited about the prospect of Nicolas Cage coming back as Ghost Rider in Deadpool 3? With everybody not else, a little bit. Ben Affleck, not no, bit. not a little bit. Ray, not, not a fan. Huh? I get, I well, no, like, so, like it's Daredevil, yeah, I think so. so That's a rumor. so I appreciate the older guys, and I thank I thank them for setting the, setting the standard. And Nick Cage is fantastic as Ghost Rider, but eventually we have to move on. So, like, what was fun about the prospect of Ben Affleck and Jen Garner and all these people in De- Deadpool was the possibility that they'll all die off and we'll move on to the new people. But the more people I keep hearing, and then there's the ultimate rumor that at the end of phase five, going into phase six, is going to be all every hero we've ever seen, Marvel wise, going back to fucking Blade to now, going to be, you know, fighting through Battle World and all the stuff with Kang and the Beyonders or whatnot. It makes me wonder if that Ghost Rider is going to be Nick Cage for, the, for a little while. No, I'm not interested in that. If it's just a cameo for Deadpool, yeah, that'd be fun. But no, Ghost Rider needs to move on. Um, old dude that played Robbie Reyes on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was dope. And the perfect Ghost Rider, is, like Norman Reedus, is the perfect new Ghost Rider. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean. If we're going to do an older dude. He could pull it off. I mean, Sam Elliott can't do it anymore. But, uh, you know, yeah, Norman Reedus is, as Ghost Rider. Yeah, I, I think I think like you're saying, Ray, I think this will just be a cameo. I, I think that all these cameos in Deadpool 3 will be just kind of like. Uh, multiverse of madness and what we saw in that where it's just a cameo they're quickly disposed of taken care of and then deadpool ends up in the marvel 616 universe at the end of this whole thing as the only one who comes through so i'm cool and with with them doing it and having you know this kind of because nick cage is kind of everywhere right now so it's like eh, i didn't hate the first ghost rider i thought that was fine um both second, of them were okay. The, eh, the second good. one was second garbage. Was, was garbage. Eh, but it had Mephisto. <laughs> Ray getting in the obligatory Mephisto thing. You know what? Yeah. What happens first? Does Mephisto show up in the MCU or do we get Dr. Doom? I'm going with Mephisto. I don't know. Well, we know Doom's coming. Uh, we don't know Mephisto's ever coming. Yeah, no, they, we keep, know they keep teasing that. So, uh, so Tunny's, Tunny's down with it. Ray's kind of lukewarm on the whole thing of uh, Nicolas Cage showing up as Ghost Rider. I think it'll be fun. I think Deadpool 3 is going to be just batshit crazy off the wall with cameos on top of cameos on top of cameos. And and remember, he he has the ability to go to different universes because he took the different cable. That's true. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to see what happens with Deadpool 3, which is going to be one of the most anticipated movies when it eventually comes out in 2028. So there you go. <laughs> Nothing Nothing's happening until then, kids. Oh, last little news thing. Uh, I don't know. And, and this is something that I didn't even realize was going on because I've heard, you know, Henry Cavill, since he's no longer doing The Witcher, I know that he's doing a Warhammer series. 
But I had no idea he had been cast to do a Highlander reboot. There can be only one, maybe not. Ray, are you a Highlander fan? And what do you think of the fact that they were getting a Highlander reboot with the main man, Geralt Rivia, apparently being a Highlander? Are you in? Aren't, aren't the Highlanders that, that Scottish tag team where the dude went to Impact and got shown on TV? That's the Highlanders, right? Uh, I don't think that's the same one, but it could be. Oh, okay, my bad. Um, you know what this feels like? You ever was like, yo, we done. I'm about to quit. We all quitting. Me and the whole crew quitting. Let's go. And we're going to go tell the boss. You tell the boss, hey, I'm out and they out too. I quit and they all quit. And the rest of them like, mm-mm. It feels like Henry Cavill did. Because WBD was like, no, son, you're done. The Rock, who is he? No, you're not Superman no more. However, you gave up your big time show thinking you was going to go be doing this and now you ain't got nothing to do. So you got them, look, keep getting them checks. Them, 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 those people calling, they need they need their money. So I'm going to go do this Highlander thing because they were the ones calling me right now with the check. That's what this feels like. Yeah, I think uh, plans, uh, card subject to change since you just kind of did the whole bloodline. You're out, I'm out too. And uh, it's like, no, you're not. And so, yeah, the card got subject to change and it got changed on Henry Cavill. And now you're looking at him doing some stuff that you're like, hmm, interesting. This is a big step down. My man needs to get in the MCU somehow or Star Wars or something. Or if they give him Bond. If they give him Bond, that'd be nice. That'd be a very smart move to do. He would be perfect at that. If if Idris ain't going to get it, I'm cool with Henry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with that. Idris or uh, or Henry Cavill is James Bond. Sure. Tony, are you a Highlander fan? Did you ever watch any of the Highlander stuff? And if so, how do you feel about a reboot that is apparently still on tap? They haven't backed away from this yet. No, thank you. <laughs> PC Tony, a man of many words, folks. He's not into it, so... Yeah, I mean, I know, I know of it. I've seen, like, episodes of the TV show and everything, and I know there was the movie, and... <laughs> I, I just, it's just a story I don't really need to be told again from my point of view. But if Henry Cavill feels like he needs to do it, then, you know, more power to him. Could have just continued to be the Witcher. Could have been. Could have been. Did you guys see that article I posted earlier? Uh, DJ had commented on it that apparently there's something in the story, the books or something, explaining the physical change of Geralt from, you know, how they're going to kind of portray this thing and try and make the Witcher season four make more sense. And DJ's Ooh. like, I'm out of here. Yeah, you don't have to explain it to me either because I'm not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with if, if the Witcher season four ever comes out. And I'm not for sure that that thing ever sees the light of day. You know, I, I still have my doubts that, you know, that they're going to actually do this. And, and I know we've seen some pictures of Liam Hemsworth and he looks fairly in shape, you know, add on a little bit of muscle. Maybe you could convince us that this might be Geralt. But um, then again, you know, if a frog yeah. had wings, it wouldn't bump its ass when it hops. Right. Can't, what the fuck? Exactly. Never heard that before. <laughs> Can I say that's one of the funniest things you ever said? Not that that part, but also when you say something to the order of, yeah, Liam Hemsworth looks like he's fairly in shape. What? Fairly in One shape. Fairly in shape. Fairly okay. in shape. I mean, you know, he's he's in shape. I mean, I, I compared to me. Come on, that's like that's like you know comparing an ant to an elephant. But uh, comparing him to uh, Henry Cavill and Geralt, I don't know. And we'll see what happens with that. But 
as you guys can tell, as we told you at the beginning, we're kind of like really grasping for shit to talk about, but we're going to take our second break right now because this is a light work week, and we're going to get into a concept that Ray Cash shared with me in one of our midnight hours and kind of talk about it because it sounds fun. We'll talk about kind of some of the stuff we're watching, and at least this week wasn't as tragic as last week, but we still had the passing of an icon this week that we'll talk about at the very end of this whole thing. You, my friends, are listening to Bandwagon Nerds number 199. We're just kind of making this up as we go. Maybe that should be the title of this episode because we're just kind of making this up as we go. But anyway, Bandwagon Nerds, episode 199 on the Chairshot Radio Network right here on thechairshot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds, episode 199 here on the show. So, as we mentioned earlier, Ray Cash has an interesting habit of when he can't sleep, he looks for stuff on TikTok, and every once in a while, he sends me some stuff to look at. And this week was an interesting thing that he shared with me that I watched the video and I was like, wow, that is kind of interesting. How would we do that? That's 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 unique. So the concept was that Ray shared with me was, I, I think Ray, correct me if I'm wrong, is like rebooting the MCU if yes. you had access to the whole book. Like if you were the booker and you had access yeah. to everything and there were no rights issues, how would you have set this thing up? And it raises an interesting question as to, you know, how would you have done this if you had the ability to to do it? You know, what would be your first five movies? What would it have been? You know, we saw how it went down in the MCU due to rights issues. And when you first shared this with me, my thought was like, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, I love the MCU, at least the first, you know, up to Endgame. I loved it. And then, you know, there's been some hiccups here and there since then. But it does raise a question. If you had access to everything, there were no rights issues, how would you set up the MCU? And then I kind of expanded it to think DC is an interesting question as well. You know, how would you set up, how would you have set up the DCEU? What would you have done differently? What would your first five movies be? Ray, because I don't want to put Tony on the spot quite yet. I want him to at least kind of have a chance to think about, well, how would I have done this? What characters would I have focused on at the beginning? How would I have done this? Ray, you kind of already worked out your whole MCU reboot. And I don't want I you to like retell every aspect of your reboot, but just kind of like where would you have started and why? So the idea was so interesting to me because when you mentioned DC, DC had the opportunity to have everybody <laughs> under their purview. And they dropped and the ball. Just, yeah. But so to see how Marvel has done what they've done with what they had available to them, I think is a masterstroke of genius. But if they had Spider-Man's rights, if they had X-Men's rights, if they had Namor as a Hulk's rights, what would they do differently? So I, I have all my five and I have a full story, post credits and everything I've sent to Dave. If you if I don't know if you like you say, you don't want me to go too deep into it, but I can if you want. But I would start off with what I would either call Shield Academy or Agents of Shield or something of Shield. But I would base my first movie around Nick Fury and the world as it is. The one thing I love about Iron Man the first Iron Man is, it sets the scene on how the world is. The first movie of a cinematic universe essentially sets what you know everything to be. I would have it set to where there's already heroes involved. Heroes already exist. We're just learning who they are. So I would have it have it built around Nick Fury, um, 
you get an idea to see how the world is already handling the threats involved with them. The, the, the villain of the movie can be Zemo and uh, Hydra. Um, and I'd have as major characters in the, in the show, in the movie, um, Hawkeye, Widow, Maria Hill, Phil Coulson, Quake, Sharon Carter, all these people as main agents in this world and how they go through things. And I'd have a ton of cameos. You walk the Fury and Maria Hill are walking down the corridor and they see Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne working on something. Right. Or you see Tony Stark practicing something with his Iron Man suit or something like that. Things like that. Also, I'd have Beast, who, of course, is an OG Avenger. Beast somewhere, maybe reading a book or teaching something, something and besetting the world as a whole. Um and then the post credit scene would be Nick Fury looking looking at um, new threats or heroes. And I have five things I wrote specifically. You would see Thor in New Mexico. Maybe you just see the hammer. Um, you would see Namor in the ocean. Maybe you could see something uh, kind of like an Iron Man 2 when they had the, 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 the board where you saw the p- people like that. Something like that. Black Panther in Wakanda. Hulk in Virginia. And then the last thing you see is Cap in the ice. And that would be how I would end the, end the movie. So that way you have set up the movie. You set up Nick Fury as your integral leader figure who everybody revolves around. You've already set up major agents, major S.H.I.E.L.D. people who you know aren't just agents but have hero capabilities. You've connected Hank and Janet. You connected the X-Men with Beast. You've connected... Tony Stark with OG Avengers, so you know he's already there, and you already have Hydra. You've established Hydra, and I just think that would be a cool way to start everything. That's um, yeah, that's a hell of a story there to begin with. Um, before I turn it over to Tony to get his thoughts on where he might go with Marvel, the interesting thing is that if you, if they had had the rights the whole time, I don't know if you get Iron Man or Thor anywhere in that first phase, right? Because they're Thor, not probably not Iron Man. Though. Yeah, and well, I don't. And um, I, 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 Iron Man is one of the few original Avengers. So right, for the record. But I don't know if you get Avengers until like what phase late in Phase Two, Phase Three, if you've got access to everything. Because yeah, what 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 do you prioritize if you've got if you've got the access to everything, knowing what you know now? I don't know if Thanos is the big bad. You know, if they've got access to say Doctor Doom or Galactus or well, something like that. Do you, do you mind if I run through very quickly my other four, just to give you an idea of how I set it up? Something, and I'll go real, it I'll be is real up fast. to Tony. He's the man here. Tony's like, I my second, care. my second, my second movie right after that would be Spider-Man origin story, basically like the original Tony, uh, Toby movie against the Goblin. At the end, just like the original Iron Man, Nick Fury shows up and offers him a partnership with Shield. So we still get the Avengers Initiative, but it's Spidey who's first, right? Um, X-Men will be three and I'd have the movie be essentially redo X3 about the Mutant Registration Act and have the OG event, have the OG X-Men be the only X-Men existing Beast, um, Cyclops, Gene, um, Storm and Bobby Drake, Iceman and Xavier. Rogue is the reason why they're doing the Mutant Registration Act. Wolverine is just floating around and tries to save her because she's about to get murked. Because Gyrick, Henry Gyrick, and Bolivar Trask are building the Sentinels. The Sentinels are the bads of the movie. Um, and, of course, Fury somewhere in the movie. Because, again, Fury is my guy connecting everything. 
Four would be Doctor Strange because I want to set up the mystical world of the, of, of of the MCU, um, and basically do the same thing the origin wise. But instead of it being Caecilius who's the big bad, it'd be Mordo who was his trainer, but realized that the dude's better than him. Mordo gets jealous, joins up with um, um, he kills the ancient one, joins up with Mephisto to give him make him stronger than Doctor Strange. Because I'm setting that up for the second Doctor Strange to involve Blade. And then I ended with the Fantastic Four. And the Fantastic Four would have their origin story. But the, the origin story would be Reed, there's, they're trying to get a space race to get to another dimension. Reed is doing his own thing. Doom is doing his own thing. Tony's doing his own thing. But Reed and, Reed, Reed and uh, Doom get together and work together because uh, they've always, the story always shows that they're frenemies until the shit goes bad, because they want to outdo Tony, who has the entire government behind him with S.H.I.E.L.D., right? They go to space and get to the next dimension, but they end up going to the negative zone, and the shit happens to them where they all get their powers, Ben figures a way to get them out, and Annihilus sees them and gets out. And now, Annihilus and his ever ever-ending bug army Come to come to um, to Earth, and the Fantastic Four, Doom, and Tony all uh, they all decide we have to team up and work together. And Doom gets to play. I'm a good guy, I'm a bad guy. I don't really like you, but I'm gonna do the good thing. And then you have the ambiguity with him setting him up, as Dave mentioned, as one of the big bads going forward. That's my first five. Tony, if you had the booking, you got the book to the Marvel Universe, where do you start? I, it's hard to really go. I give your initial thought, right? Like, I wouldn't do anything different. It, like, they didn't even know it, but they almost did it perfect for, you know, all the way through Endgame, right? And now you can question whatever you want about the latest phase and post that and where they're going now and how they're doing it. I was thinking more about DC, honestly. <laughs> we'll get to that because, yeah, I got some ideas about uh, DC, but... Marvel wise, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess if you're if you're trying to start from scratch and you haven't had that success there, it would make sense to actually to me to make Captain America your star, right? I mean, you're kind of, you know, Fourth of July movie, summer blockbuster. Why not start there and, and kind of work everything in around that because you can be street level with that and also get cosmic as you move along and introduce the rest of that tertiary world. I love you know, Ray's making um, Shield a big deal is obviously something that needs to needs to happen because it makes things more relatable. As if, hey, what if this did happen, and what if this was a thing in real life, and how would it actually be handled? As opposed to just starting in the cosmos somewhere in some intergalactic, you know, law that you're either got to be really in on that niche or not. It's a little more relatable. So, I do like that. Um, I think. If you had the rights, I think Spider-Man would probably turn out to be your biggest thing. And I think a lot more intertwined in a lot of the big stories, um, at least with more depth, right? Because there is a lot to that. So that's what I'm thinking. I don't want to go too long on that one. I didn't really think about it too much. But definitely, I think Spider-Man would be a bigger thing. Um, and you might, like you said, you might have might have been Cap and Hulk and Spider-Man or something like that. I think like what i'm thinking from my standpoint is i'm starting with captain america i think i think he's the first one you've got to get him out there it's the oldest superhero that who's not named superman or batman or wonder woman but from marvel standpoint he's the first one but i'm with you tony my second movie is definitely spider-man i get spider-man involved as early as i can in the mcu 
And I think I do fantastic for third. You know, I get them involved because I want that first family. You got to get not having Reed Richards has been the one aspect of the MCU that maybe arguably hurt it a little bit. But like you're saying, they did things so perfectly through those first three phases. It's hard to, you know, you're just, you're just quibbling right now. But I think I bring in the X-Men in the fourth movie and call me a, a fucking masochist or something like that. I really want to get Dark Phoenix done right. I want to do X-Men and I want to get Dark... You're going to start that shit off the, off the jump? Well, the reason I'm doing that, Ray, is because you got to get the Phoenix Force involved because I want to bring... Like, I like your idea about not doing origin stories in this and having the universe established because I want to bring the Avengers in fi- in the fifth movie because I want to move towards Avengers versus X-Men. I think that's... Damn, you starting off that's wow. Isn't it? Yeah. Let's just go for go for broke right. right off the bat. But you gotta get the Phoenix Force involved, or you can't tell that story. So that's why I'm thinking and yeah, it may be wishful thinking. You may have to stretch this out into ten movies to get the Avengers versus X-Men. I recognize that. But I want the Fantastic Four there because Reed's the only one who can really calm these factions down and and get control of the situation. But that's just kind of what I'm thinking. You know, I, I love, I love your idea, Ray. I love the idea of, of shield getting involved very early on being in more ever present. I like the notion of this being more street levelish rather than blow the whole cosmos wide open. Like, you know, kind of the MCU did doom is a better villain. I don't know if Avengers, if you bring in Ultron at some point in time, cause you know, he got marginalized well, and they didn't have the rights to him and he works well. If the fantastic four is there. That's the reason why I, I in the first Shield movie I put I had Hank and Jane and Janet there because look man Hank Pym is one of the most one of the best written and most controversial comic book characters ever because if you could ever and I don't think you could but if you ever had the opportunity to, to portray him the way he is in the comics the genius that he is the 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 megalomaniac that he is the abuser that he is however the good-hearted dude at the same time. He is such a wide spectrum of things that's perfect on camera. Um, that would be such a man. Like you could even have there's a there's a comic book series where Hank and becomes in they like him and Ultron kind of pull the the you know they became the same person as like half Hank, half Ultron. There's so many things you could do with that. But that's why I introduced him earlier, early in it, so that you can start to see the cracks. And the foundations that we can lead to an Age of Ultron done in a way, and I love Age of Ultron, but done in a way that's more comic book accurate. Because that was what I'd be trying to do. That's what I would try to do with, with this. Make things, I don't want to be f- completely comic accurate because you can't. Clearly, you can't do that. But at least with some of these characters we haven't had a chance to use, be, be a little more comic book accurate to some of the storylines involved, right? Yeah. I, I would like to do that. Yeah, I, you know, I think that there's, um, yeah, I could definitely see some of what you're talking about there. Hank Pym, you mean like the way he was portrayed in What If? That one where he kills everybody? That crazy unhinged that, Hank Pym? That is the Hank Pym that we know. That's right. Knowing love, sort of. Tunny, turn into DC because I know you're thinking about it. I want to get your thoughts on, on, on DC's different than Marvel. Because Marvel's got all these characters, so many characters that they don't have a big three per se. So Marvel, you've got a lot more latitude and flexibility with these characters and there's so many of them where do you start who do you include who do you exclude when do you bring in these other guys if you have the entirety of the marvel universe there's so many options and so many things dc to me doesn't feel quite that 
wide open, but maybe it is. And where would you go if you if you're got the book? I mean, DC's got the rights to everything. How would you have done this? Your five movies to start the DC universe. I would I would approach it in a in a different way than than you would think. Flash, and, and here's, flash, 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 and flash. Yeah, right. Yeah, and here's how I would do it. I would have my I don't know when I would start, but over the course of the calendar of the year, I would I would assign different times of the year to different characters. I would have a new Batman movie every Halloween. I would have a new Superman movie every Christmas. I would every other summer blockbuster, I would have a Justice League movie that tied into everything else. I'd have Wonder Woman on the 4th of July. I'd, I'd incorporate these major movie going times with what I had going on and ultimately having my big summer blockbuster, which is because the perfect time for a, you know, a superhero team up movie every couple years by incorporating. I don't know where I would start with the stories or who I would do it with. But another thing I would do on the streaming side with it is I would have a series of short stories that led you to how these people became the superheroes as well, right? Like you'd get a 25, 30 minute on Superman coming to Earth and being, you know, growing up with the Earth family and not the extent of being able to continue to not being able to continue to tell that story, but like the original way, like, you know, Bruce Wayne and his parents, you could have a whole thing on that death, right? And then obviously you could do the what if style for DC because we do have these alternate dark storylines for a lot of these things as well. So I'm thinking more along the lines of equating people's viewing habits with how I'm going to position these movies and not so much as where I'm going to start on the storyline of, of how I'm going to get to a big Justice League movie at some point. Can, can I ask you a question, Dave? Sure. If we were to do the exact same thing with this episode of Marvel, Sonny laid out a really cool idea for the year. But if we were to pick, have to pick five movies, is there anyone who wouldn't start with Batman? I'd start with Superman before Batman. Why the fuck did I ask the question? Yeah, why'd you ask me that, Ray? I agree with Dave. I agree with Dave too, and here's why: is because people are always, always. There's always going to be a large portion of people that enjoy these type of movies that are always going to be ready for another Batman movie. So let's say you start with Superman. And then you throw out some way you finish that movie leads into Wonder Woman and that leads into Flash and that leads into Aquaman. And then finally okay. we get the Batman that people have all been waiting for. Here's a better question. Would you start with anybody outside of the, the Trinity? Start? No. And, I, and I'll tell you this. I would not do origin stories for sure. I would have them already established like we talked with Marvel. It depends on the character. I, yeah, I would not I tell. An, I would. There's no way in hell I would tell another Superman origin story or a Batman origin story. I would start with Superman and Batman because they are the pillars. I, I don't know how you get the DC universe out there without those two guys starting it. After them, then it gets a little bit more complicated. Well, after them, it depends on what major stories you're trying to tell in what order, right? Like, if you're not going to, like, let's say your crisis is something you're going to wait to get to. Well, then maybe you go to a Wonder Woman thing so that we have, next we do, um, the Atlanteans, so we're kind of figuring out the landscape well, of the rest of the universe. I'll throw this out there, because I want Ray to weigh in on this thing. If I'm doing DC, the story, like you're saying, Tony, which story are you telling? Because there are some iconic stories. I want nothing to do with Darkseid in mine, but I'll tell you where I'm going. I'm going for Blackest Night right off the bat. Ray will like that, because I want that story involved. I want Green Lantern involved very early it, on. <laughs> what, Ray? It's it's so funny you said that because I was gonna say the one story I would start with Green that wasn't the big 
three was a Green Lantern story. Yeah, I think Blackest Night has the most emotion involved, but you got to save Blackest Night for the end, you know. But yeah, no, that's a that's a team up Avengers two and a half type movie. That's down the line, right? But just starting starting your DCU with Howl and John on Oa or something would be kind of cool. Green Lantern Corps. There you go. I'm with it. Yeah, I think you do that. I think you get Flash in there at you know four. Well, Flash and Hal are best friends, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you could even combine them in the same movie. I want Flash. To... Flash is almost a guy that doesn't get his own movie for a long time, right? right? He's this guy that always shows up with like seventy percent of the movies and helps out and plays this this meaningful yet smaller role, and then finally, people, you know, you get to a crisis. And or I'll tell you like who I want in here more than the Justice League early on: Teen Titans. I want the Teen Titans in there earlier than Justice League because I think. They're more relatable. They're more street level. It's not so demigodish. Yes, they do have some, you know, Diana Troy, that sort of thing. But I, I just think the Teen Titans are early on going to be a more accessible entry point for a lot of people than the Justice League. And you got to get there's so much pressure on getting the Justice League right. Where Teen Titans, I think you can fuck it up a little bit and it's not as critical. Um, but I want them involved early on in this thing. I tell you how I'd play. I tell you how I'd play it. The, the the inevitable early Batman movie makes sure I have Dick and Damien because I, I I mean I'd imagine I think a lot of us agree with I think the the best version of the Titans is with Dick as Nightwing and yes. Damien as Robin. Absolutely. Okay. Not Jason. Um, Not Jason. We don't want Jason. Well, I love Jason, but the Red Hood is a story you have to tell later, right? Um, because you have to establish the other Robins and wonder well why is he missing. But then I would have Cyborg show up in the movie to help them do something, which will lead to like I love the way they did it in the DCEU the the, the um, animated version when uh, when your boy Damon showed up and Dick was like I don't want to deal with them and then this and that and finally uh, he was like you need uh, Bruce was like you need to be around some people your age and he drove his ass down to Teen to Teen Titans Tower and then he had to they had to win him over and all. Like, that was really cool. I could see something like that happening in real time. But I, I don't think you could just be like, Superman, Batman, Teen Titans movie. No, you, I don't think you could do that. <laughs> right. I think you got it like you're saying. I think we all agree. You got to get Green Lantern in there early and get him done right. Because it's a missed opportunity. That's the DC got, the DCEU got really hurt, I think, by not having that character out there. I think he changed, if they got it right, would have changed the dynamics of a lot of things. And, and he's, he's an iconic character that a lot of people with all due respect to wonder woman as yes, I understand the big three, but not having GL in there or the core. I think I heard him. Well, there's our rebooking booking by Ray here at the, uh, on bandwagon nerds, number one ninety nine. Good stuff, Ray. Thank you for that late night tweet or not tweet direct message. Ray sliding into my DMS late at night. How about star Wars? I don't know. I mean, Ain't no time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you rebook Star. I mean, you, you need that re- dynamic of tell it. You right. You can't. T- you can't tell everybody it's Anakin first. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it, it, I think they did it right. If you do it another way, I mean, the only other way you could do it is tell like the Old Republic first. But that, I don't know that. I don't think that works either. But anyway, um, before we kind of cut out of here or talk about the last thing, I want to turn it over to you guys. To what are you watching? And I'm going to tell you guys why because. I've been watching, I got to see something a couple days ago and we kind of watched the preview for it and it did abysmally in the box office, but I saw strays and 
it was fucking hilarious, man. And I love, I love this, man. This is like, this amazes me, the stupidity of parents. And anybody who's got kids, Ray's got kids, I've got kids, Tony has fur babies. But <laughs> we're sitting there in the theater. This family shows up. They've got mom, dad, somebody else, and like three kids between the ages of six and 10 for this R-rated movie, right? Didn't bother to look on the outside to see there's a trailer saying this is R-rated. Never watched a trailer for this thing in their fucking life. Their kids probably said, look, it's Homeward Bound. It's like Milo and Otis. Look, there's cute little fucking animals in this thing. 15 minutes into this movie, they hadn't even finished their food. Parents got up and left. And I'm like, you assholes deserve what you got. I'm glad you paid for that and don't get any. Because if you're the theater and they're like, we didn't realize what this one, what this was. Can we get our money back? I'm like, no. So you didn't do any research on this. Thing. I just, you know, being the people next to us, we just like watched them get up and leave and shook our heads. That being said, the movie's hilarious. I loved it. My wife hated it. Too raunchy for her. Uh, just simply the humor was not in her wheelhouse. She doesn't like anything involving animal cruelty. Not that they're overt animal cruelty, but just people being assholes to animals. But it's okay because in the end, the asshole gets his dick cut off, bit off. So revenge. It's a dish best served cold. I saw that. And then the other one, like I talked about Nicolas Cage, the history of curse words, history of swearing. Oh my God. You guys got to watch. I think that's on Netflix or prime. I'm not sure. Hilarious, man. They were like the first episode was all about the word fuck. And I mean, oh my God, it's just, it is the funniest stuff ever. You got to watch this thing. Cause it is, I mean, laugh out loud, rolling on the floor, funny stuff. And Nicolas Cage is absolutely the man on this thing. Last thing I'll say is, Amazon Prime, I kind of tweeted this uh, message, you guys, very quietly, no fanfare, nothing, didn't even realize it had happened yet, released the first three episodes of season two of Wheel of Time. My wife watched it, my nephew, who's a big fan of Wheel of Time, he loves it. I haven't seen it yet, I'm going to, but the fact that there's like no fanfare for this release on Prime, this big series, like this is when Prime first launched, the boys and this, this is their big tentpole thing. Other than what Ring of Power, Lord of the Rings is now out there. But I don't know. I, if you're a Wheel of Time fan, just so you know, first three episodes are out. You should probably check it out. Ray, what you been watching lately, man? Anything good? <clears throat> well, uh, the Winning Times uh, show is out um, for sure. So that's definitely, I, I love it. And I love the storyline they're, they're telling with Magic basically rising Paul Westfall basically being a dick. And as a Suns fan, I love West that because I hate that West dude. Head. But the bitch from who was the coach then, because I hate that motherfucker as, as a Phoenix Suns fan, because he used to coach us. Um, Heels, which is the best show that everybody should watch, whether you like wrestling or not. It's amazing. They had the best episode of the season this past week. But Justice for Wild Bill. And um, on Netflix, if you we talked about Netflix. If you like your docs, bruh, man, that untold Swamp Kings. Man, about the uh, about the um, score the Gators from um, Tim Tebow's era with uh, Urban Meyer. So good. So good. Yeah. Check either one of those. You'll be quite happy. Tony. So, you know, we did kind of we have to finish it, but we watched Vacation Friends, too. It's really good. It's pretty damn funny. John, I'm going to catch it, too. John Cena's the man in there. You know, they bring him in as a ringer for this drinking contest. It is fucking epic. So, um it's it's a very funny movie. It's right up there with the original. Tony, I know you're. What are you watching? Anything different than your usual? Your staples? Uh, 
Big Brother's on right now. Uh, Stars on Mars just wrapped up. I'm watching Winning Time as well. I did watch Swamp Kings. That's pretty damn good. Um, there's a series called Alone. You can find it on Netflix. It's also on one of your regular TV uh, cable as well. There's a ton Discovery, of Discovery, I believe. It's Discovery, I but think. It basically, they take 10 people that have like sur- outdoor survival skills, like legit survival skills, and... This is real deal. It's usually a colder temperature or a mountainous kind of region or something. And it's they have negative to right in shelter. Clothes, yeah. They have to search for their own food. They have to protect themselves from legit wild animals. They hunt, they fish, they come up with all sorts of crazy stuff. So even if you're not into that outdoors stuff, it's really well done. It's really fun to watch. So check that out alone. Should you watch it alone or should you watch it with friends? Yeah. No, I think you. I, it's uh, up to you. <laughs> It's, it's like user it's discretion. Like pizza, it's good, hot or cold. Ah, uh, there you go, Tony, with the perfect analogy. Before we cut out of here this week on episode 199, like I said, not nearly the tragic week we had last week, but we still lost an icon of the music industry. I think it was what, yesterday? Um, Jimmy Buffett passed away at the age of 76. So good long life for Jimmy Buffett. Uh, a man of many talents. A man with some very good advice for those of us who have been involved in long-term relationships. Let's get drunk and screw. I, I mean, really, that's all you got to know, right, Ray? Ray's yeah. like, Ray's I, like mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's poignant advice, right? It makes sense to me. <laughs> I mean, of course, well, best known for Margaritaville and uh, Tony's, Tony's, what's up, Tony? Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. Yeah, Roddy Dangerfield. We're all gonna get laid. So, uh, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of Jimmy Buffett. He's not my favorite, obviously, but his songs are uh, unique enough. He's always had a good sound. They're always funny lyrics. Um, you know, he, guy clearly didn't take himself that seriously. I guess I don't know, but um, you guys got any thoughts on on the one and only Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett passing away this past week? Tony, I'll turn it over to you first. Well, the guy pretty much created a brand in Margaritaville, right? I mean, like he's pretty, pretty um, smart dude, but yeah, so iconic and maybe one of the one of the more iconic songs of all time too. You know, said uh, Margaritaville. So yeah, just uh, a giant of industry from from the music business for sure. Ray, you got any thoughts on on Jimmy Buffett, or are you just like uh, or... parrot heads everywhere? Say. Parrot heads, it... yeah. It's five o'clock somewhere. You know, see, Ray, that's why I love you, man. You come through in the in the clutch when it's right down to it. It's not all about wrestling with Ray Cash. So there you go. I mean, we. I, you want me to make it? Re- no, we've 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 avoided any Phil Brooks conversation, which I'm sure Patrick O'Dowd is very happy about. Well, he's on heels. He is Ricky Rabies. That's the only thing he's good at right now. That's the only job he has right I wonder now. Wonder if he'll get us. fired from that too. We'll see. Like he's, he's actually good at that shit. All right. We'll see how that goes. But that's going to do it, guys. A very tight, short episode of Bandwagon Nerds number 199. As I said, kind of a quiet week this week. Maybe the calm before the storm. We'll see what happens. Next week, of course, is Bandwagon Nerds 200. We're expecting, hopefully, some cameos from a lot of our friends who've been involved in the first 200 episodes. Patrick O'Dowd will be back. I think he's not going to have any crazy work schedule this week. The kids will be back in school, hopefully be in class. Did UMass football win this week? And I don't even know if there's two and O or one and one. No one's paying attention. Pat will let us know, but no one cares <laughs> except him. <laughs> so that is going to do it though. But yeah, next week's the big one. Episode 200. Not sure what we got planned. Hopefully somebody will come up with a good idea to make it something entertaining or not, or we'll just, you know, do what we always Rob, do. Robert Downey Jr. is coming on. Sweet. Uh, 
Henry Cavill's coming on. Johnny Depp uh, and Amber Heard. We're going to have a mediation here. It's going to be fucking epic. Now, see. Somebody will get shit on. <laughs> the, we are going to shit the bed next week, literally. I, I would believe that we got Downey and Cavill before I believed that they would do that. At least get Johnny, you know, to tell us all about. So what's it like when somebody shits on your side of the bed? You know, it's it oh, just... God. <laughs> before I before we cut out of here, let's go around the horn. Reverend, the Reverend Ray Cash, where can people check you out on the social media networks and all the fun stuff you got going on, man? Well, I, I've been told that I have a Twitter uh, Xer account uh, at It's Ray Cash, R-A-Y-S Mysterio, C-A-S-H-A-S as in dollars, but I don't believe them. So go tell me if go tell me I have an account and if I do follow me there. It, I, guess. I can confirm that. You know, I, I do like the uh the name my nephew came up for this new platform, Twix. Raise on Twix at it's Ray Cash. Right Twix or left Twix? I, does it matter? It's just Twix. Ray, Ray, on that note, Ray just said I'm out of here. So he just uh, said, fuck you it. You don't even wait for me to say goodbye. I know. Jeez. Obviously, are the Ravens playing or something? Tony, where can I, people check you out on social media? Yeah, all over social medias at PC Tunny. And then, uh, yeah, Chairshot Radio Network. You're already listening on all your favorite streaming platforms and at thechairshot.com. And right, don't forget prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. That's right. As for me, make sure, of course, on Twix or whatever the hell we're going to call it, X Twitter. I like Twix. That kind of has a nice ring to it. You can check us out on that platform at Bandwagon Nerds. That is at Bandwagon Nerds. As for me personally, check me out at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G, Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And if you are pissed off about the fact that this episode did not run that long and that there was no trailer park and that it felt like we just mailed this in, even though we didn't, then please send your hate tweets to at It's Me DPP. Why, Tony? Well, fuck that guy. Yeah. Even if he might show up next week, we'll see. He probably will. We'll yeah, see. I don't know. You got to work yeah, tune on it. Tune in and find Ooh, out. That might be a reason to tune in next week just to see who does show up. Anyway, kids, that's going to do it for episode 199 of Bandwagon Nerds. Hard to believe episode 200. It seems like just yesterday we did 100. Now we're at 200. But it was only yesterday. I tell you. Sing it, brother. Sing it. No, we can, we can go. All right. Until next week, folks, get out of the basement. Get some sun. It's five o'clock somewhere. So drink something in honor of Jimmy Buffett. We'll talk to you guys later. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network right here on thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Heading up to San Francisco For the Labor Day weekend show I got my hush puppies on I guess I never was meant for glitter rock and roll And honey, I didn't know That I'd be missing you so Come Monday, it'll be alright Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight. I spent four lonely days in a brown early haze, and I just want you back by my side. Yes, it's been quite a summer. Rent a cars and westbound trains. And now you're all calling. Oh. 
And now we've come to another fucking episode in our compendium of cuss words, and this one is unique. It is the only one that started out as a first name. Nobody ever named their firstborn Shittered or Fucklin. Excuse me, excuse me, Fucklin, have you done your homework? Shittered? Inside voice, please. Only Dick holds this distinction. It comes from a name, and that name is Richard. But why Richard? Why not Jeffrey? Hey, you suck my Jeff. Doesn't quite have the same ring to it. What about Daniel? Suck my Dan. See, no. Oh, I know. Suck my Nick. Yeah. Hey, Nick head. Eat a Nick. Don't even think about nicking me over, Nickwad. Yeah, you wish you had B-N-E. Big Nick energy. Now, I could get used to that. But until I can make Nick happen, we're stuck with Dick. 